Good morning, Bucknutters. It is Sunday, January 24th, 2021. I am Dan Rubin. This is the Bucknuts Morning 5 on a Sunday. We will be joined by Dave Biddle in a few minutes. But first, we open with the Dean of Ohio State Recruiting, Bill Curlick. Bill, congratulations. Bill's son and his wife welcomed in a beautiful baby boy into the world. G. William Curlick now graces the earth. Bill, you have a granddaughter and now a grandson. How does it feel to be Grandpa Curlick once again? Oh, boy. It feels uh, feels fantastic. I went and uh, my son and uh, his wife, and they brought their little one home last night, and I went over to see him, and uh, it, just just fantastic. Uh uh, I'm getting the batting cage in the basement ready. I need to speed it up now that he's uh, home. But uh, uh, I, I think maybe some hoops and football too. But it just feels fantastic to have a uh, have a great grandson. And and the best part is he lives 12 minutes away from uh, where my wife and I live. Multi-sport athletes are best recruited. You obviously know that, Bill. So congratulations, Grayson William Curlick. You are a very lucky individual. And I might say very honored that uh, they, they decided to make uh, uh, his, have his middle name be my first name. So that was pretty cool. I think we will all refer to him as Will Curley from now on. Let's get to some other interesting and not quite as good news. Ohio State still trying to put together a recruiting class for 2021, finishing touches, and working on 2022 and even 2023. Let's hit the news of the day. Rajon Davis, class of 2021 linebacker from California, chose to visit Ohio State on his own dime this weekend. He's getting a taste of the Midwest biting cold. Give us the latest. Yeah, I really do think he's uh, certainly a possibility, a realistic possibility. Um, you know, people forget. I, I talked about this on Bucknuts um, quite some time ago. He was going to come out here. He really wanted to come out here. Uh, the weekend of December 12th when Ohio State was playing Michigan. Um, he and his, his parents, uh, they were going to do that. And then, of course, the game got canceled. Uh, they still gave thought to possibly coming out that weekend, but it just did not work out um, once that game was canceled. So, you know, it's not really a fluke that he's here. He wanted to come here before. Uh, then he wanted to come here this weekend. He did make it here this weekend. And, um uh, he's a very talented young man. They only have one linebacker in the class being Reed Carrico. He's a middle linebacker. Rajon Davis is a perimeter linebacker. So yeah, I, I, I think it's a realistic possibility. You know, it's, it's either going to be USC or Ohio state. Um, and you know, USC has some advantage there. Um, you know, I think the, the family certainly likes, uh, USC and close to home and all that kind of thing. But uh, we'll see if, um, if Rajon and uh, most notably, let's see if his family, uh, what they're thinking after this weekend of, of being here. And if it's convinced the family that, uh, uh, that this would be a great place to, to send their son. Bill, Ryan Day met with the media on Friday. When he was asked about recruiting, obviously he never gives out too much information, but he said they were pretty much done with 2021. They likely had one more spot left. I think we all assume that spot is for JT Tuomolo. Do you think that was some passive aggressive pressure being put on Rajon Davis? 
Um, no, I, I just think that, um, uh, you know, Ryan Day, like you said, he's not going to tip his hand too much, um, and rightly so, um, on interviews. Uh, obviously, we all know that, that Ohio State and every other school in the country loves JT Tuimolo Al. Um, but, you know, again, uh, you know, Ohio State uh, has a possible uh, spot for Rajon Davis too. So, you know, I, I just think that, uh, uh, Ryan, you know, Ryan Day, again, is not going to tip his hand too much on interviews. You've got some information coming on JT Tuomola, thanks to our West Coast sources. People will have to tune in later tonight to your column to get that. Needless to say, things are going pretty well. Another thing that people need to check out is Steve Wiltfong is down in Fort Lauderdale, Florida for a vacation. No, for a seven-on-seven tournament. And one of the guys there is Kion Grays, wide receiver out of Arizona, a one-time Arizona commitment. If you want to know what's up with Kion Grays, he tells you exactly what's up in Steve's article that's on there. I, at one point in time, thought he was a guaranteed in the class. I thought it was a done deal. Now I'm not so sure. What's the latest? Well, uh, you know, I, Keon Graves is a guy I've talked to many times, uh, gotten to know him, uh, done numerous stories on Bucknuts on, on Keon Graves. Uh, really, really talented football player and uh, uh, very savvy young man, a very intelligent young man. Um, just a great interview. Um, you know, he, he's going to talk to you, and that's a good thing. Um, you know, someday when his – career is over and I think it'll be over after he plays in the NFL because I think he's that type of guy. Um, you know, I think he's got a chance to be, if he wants to, 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 to be on TV talking football. Um, and I do think, you know, I've got him crystal ball to Ohio state. Um, I think I was like the first or second one to do that. Maybe I think Tom Loy and I were the first two. Um, and I still have him crystal ball to Ohio state. He's, he's just really likes Ohio state a lot. And he's talented enough to be an Ohio State guy. I, I think, you know, he's used the example um, in, in different interviews that uh, he's, a, he's a Chris Olave type guy, and I can see that. Uh, for, for a while, Keon Graves was a three-star guy. Uh, he's now a four-star guy, and he's every bit of a four-star guy. Um, uh, so, so, yeah, I, I still like Ohio State and Keon Graves. I would really encourage you to go read the story that Steve Wolfong has up now. The kid really does give you a good sense of where he's at. And in terms of how good he is, he is that good. If you go back, Mark Porter, we had him do an offer evaluation on Grays, and he jumps off the screen. Let's bring it home. Many of the new Buckeyes have arrived on campus. Give us a sense of who's here and who's not. Most of the five-star guys are here, uh, led by Jack Sawyer. Um, he, he's here, Kyle McCord. Uh, arrived and of course Jack's already not far to go but uh uh and, and Travion Henderson is, is here the one that's not the five-star guy that's not is Donovan Jackson but he's not an early graduate so he's not going to be here till the beginning of June but you know you got the five-star guys you've got uh Reed Carrico he's up here from Ironton and and re ready to roll uh Evan Pryor is on campus now Marvin Harrison Jr. is on campus uh uh Zen Michalski from uh, Indiana is here, Ben Crispin, Tyleek Williams. So most of them are here, not quite all of them yet, uh, but most of them are here. And, um, you know, th they're going to be quarantined for a week. Uh, then they'll start 
uh, right now they're doing online classes. They've been doing online classes. Um, but starting February 1st, after their quarantine is over, then uh, they begin with Mick Marathi. They begin in-person classes and away it goes. If I was going to pick out a trio that they have the most expectations for to produce as true freshmen, lest we forget, that's still very difficult to get on the field as a true freshman. I will go with defensive end Jack Sawyer and running back Travion Henderson as the low-hanging fruit. But give me defensive back Jordan Hancock as the third guy. How do you feel my first two, and what do you think about Hancock possibly getting on the field as a freshman? Well, Jack Sawyer is going to play as a freshman. If he stays healthy, there is zero doubt in my mind he's going to play as a freshman. I think Travion Henderson has a good chance, too. I'd be surprised if he doesn't get some action, at least some action as a, as a true freshman. And then, as you mentioned, I, I would take uh, one of the corners has a chance, certainly, and their uh, Jacqueline Johnson is outstanding, and so is um, Jordan Hancock. Um, tell you what, Denzel Burke has a lot of confidence. Uh, he, you know, if you, if you talk to him and I did a story on Bucknuts on Friday on him on our site, uh, he's ready to roll. He's very confident, but, uh, one guy that you, you have to, you know, have in there, uh, people are overlooking him, but Jesse Murko, Hunter, you know, high state, uh, Drew Christman is, is leaving and Jesse Murko hasn't been brought here to set the bench, you know, he's coming over again. He's not necessarily, you know, he's a freshman at all, not the typical freshman because he's not 18 or 17 or 18 years old. Uh, but uh, I expect Jesse Murko as a true freshman to be a high stakes punter. I was definitely overlooking Jesse Murko. That's why they call him the Dean. He's not just the Dean. He's the grandpa. He is Bill Curlick. Bill, thanks for your time on a Sunday, brother. Hey, have a great day, and uh, uh, we'll finish off. The guys are rolling early, and uh, should be a great day on Bucknuts. As promised, we are joined by Dave Biddle as he hops to the other side of the mic. Dave, thanks for joining us on a Sunday. Good morning, Dan. Good to talk some Buckeye football with you this morning. We just had the dean on and covered recruiting. Another guy who's worthy of a nickname that implies they've been around for a while, Greg Madison will not be around any longer for the Ohio State Buckeyes. He came over to oversee the defense. He is retiring. It was kind of an interesting setup there, so we don't have a traditional look for another defensive guy situation going on here, Dave. Bring the people up to speed. Well, I think that uh, Ryan Day is going to look for someone to really be a right-hand man for Kerry Combs, um, You know, a guy that's going to come in and have a lot of say in the defense. Kerry Combs is not going to get demoted. And frankly, even if he was, that would not be made public. But he's not going to be demoted. But again, if he was, they, they wouldn't make that public, just like they didn't make it public when they brought Chris Ash in. And he was really the defensive coordinator. And Luke Fickle had to take somewhat of a demotion. They weren't going to make that public. Um, I don't think it's going to be the same situation with Kerry Combs. I think Ryan Day is going to give him another year, at least, of calling the defense because of everything that was stacked against him this year with lack of depth. Um, the crazy schedule, not having an offseason to install what he wanted to install, things like that. And I know those are excuses. You have to be better than what they were defensively, a lot better, especially against the pass. Um, and he has to be better. But I don't think they're just going to hire some position coach to come in here. They're going to hire a guy that uh, is going to have a lot of say. I don't know who it's going to be, but I do think it's going to be 
similar to what we saw with Jeff Halfley a couple years ago, where it's somebody that wasn't really on our radar that uh, I, I think Ryan Day is going to pluck somebody probably from the NFL ranks, a guy that's a, a position coach in the NFL to be the co-defensive coordinator here um, with a lot of say though, co-defensive coordinator might not be, uh, might not even do justice to how, how much say this guy's going to have in calling the defense. That's just my inclination. Uh, I don't have in, an inside source saying this is what's going to happen. That's just my guess, but I feel pretty strongly about it. That's how it's going to transpire. Do you think they missed Jeff Halfley? I do. I mean, and that's no – he's just a, an excellent coach. I mean, look what he did at Boston College as head coach. Not that they, it was a great year, but 6-5, and five, and some of the games that they lost, they were right in it, you know, especially you know against Clemson, against North Carolina, good teams. Um, and they had a couple games where they didn't play very well. I think Virginia Tech toasted them. What Jeff Halfley did um, was very impressive. And, and, yeah, he had tons of talent. I mean, anybody would have died for the talent that he had. But those same guys were on the team the previous year. And, yeah, they, they were a year older. But Ohio State's defense in 2018 was awful uh, for Ohio State standards. It was 72nd in the country in total defense. Jeff Halfley takes over. They're the number one total defense in the country. Um, they, they weren't uh, number one this year. They were not number one this year. They could stop the run really well. Uh, so there you go. I mean, and the talent in 2018 was certainly better than it was in 2020. Everybody knows the talent in 2019 was better than 2020. But if you're focusing on 18 versus 20, um, I still think the talent in 2018 was better than this year's. But they have to be way better. They have to be way better than what they were this year. Um, to answer your question, yeah, they missed Jeff Halfley. I, I thought the world of Jeff Halfley and still do. Here's something for the listeners out there. This is what a great guy this is. In the middle of the season this past year, I got a direct message from Jeff Halfley on Twitter thanking me for how my coverage when he was at Ohio State. That's this is this past year when he was at Boston College. That's the type of guy Jeff Halfley is. So great coach, great guy. I'm not surprised at all that he's a uh, successful head coach already. Too bad Ohio State couldn't keep him longer. I'm telling you, man, I, I still believe in Kerry Combs. It's it's too small of a sample size. They played 25% of their games this season against Alabama and Clemson. Clemson couldn't run the ball at all. They passed for a lot, but Ohio State, I thought overall their defensive game plan was good in that game. Alabama, they didn't have Tom, you know, here, here me, here's me giving excuse after excuse, Dan. Alabama, they didn't have Tommy Togi and Tyreek Smith. That hurt a lot. Um, still, they have to be way better. And I recognize that. Kerry Combs has to be a lot better. I think he will be, and I but this, this hiring for Ryan Day is huge, and I think he's going to knock it out of the park like he has so many other times with his hirings. One of the things we've learned over the last few seasons is to beat whichever of the top three teams is at their best, meaning Clemson, Ohio State, or Alabama. You can't have an obvious weakness. I thought Clemson's offensive line couldn't get it done. Our secondary couldn't get it done. And one of Alabama's strengths is they really had no discernible weakness. They've got to rebuild the secondary and they've got to, you know, insert a ton of new linebackers. So the defense is going to be a work in progress, be very interesting. However, without question, the number one storyline with Ohio State until the first snap of next year is quarterback. It will be a three person race between CJ Stroud, Jack Miller and newcomer Kyle McCord. Give us your vibes. I think it's going to be CJ Stroud. I'll be very surprised if it's not. And it's, kind of easy to say that now because I think Ryan Day tipped his hand at the end of the season when there was a couple times you know including in the Clemson game when Justin had that 
hit that looked like Andy Katzenware taking out Corby Jones in 1997. I've never seen a game, that Missouri game in 1997, change on one hit. I mean, Missouri's winning that game. Katzenware flattens Corby Jones, and that's like Missouri had no chance the rest of the game. And Corby Jones still played, but he was like a shell of himself. And then Fields got hit. I'm thinking, uh-oh, that reminded me of the Katzenware hit. Of course, Fields misses one play. But that one play, it was, it was C.J. Stroud going in there. Uh, and we saw that uh, in another game as well down the stretch. So, I think it's going to be C.J. Stroud, even if we didn't see him getting those uh, those cameo appearances when Justin Fields got hurt, Dan. Um, love his film in high school. And I also love that he went from a kid that uh, uh, was a three-star to a five-star in the span of one year. That tells me that he has not uh, even come close to reaching his ceiling yet. This wasn't a kid that, you know, not to throw it. We, we love to make fun of Tathan. I'm not going to – there's a lot of kids like Tate Martell out there that, like, peak when they're in ninth grade, you know, or maybe peak when they're in tenth grade. Um for whatever reason, CJ Stroud's the kid that isn't even come close to peaking yet. You know, he's uh, just going to get better and better. He needs to get stronger. He's kind of rail thin right now. Not a thick guy um, naturally anyway. Uh, there's a guy named Coach Mick that it's going to uh, solve that problem quickly for the Buckeyes. And uh, I think CJ Stroud's going to be a, a tremendous player. I mean, you look at when you look at his film, I mean, he was playing against the top competition in California when he was doing it. Um, he can make all the throws. He can run the ball. Um, again, the only thing he needs to do is add strength to his frame and, and just weight in general because um, he's got the arm, he's got the legs, he's, he's a smart kid, um, he's not a knucklehead. I think that's so important. Quarterbacks have to be, you know, they, they have to be leaders and they cannot be knuckleheads. We know that. There's just, you have to be a CEO to be a quarterback. But I like a lot about Jack Miller too. That's what's weird. I'd be sitting here, like, you know, touting his praises. If it wasn't for C.J. Stroud, I just think C.J. is going to – be the guy to beat out Jack Miller. But Jack Miller is going to give him a run for his money. I like Kyle McCord a lot too, Dan, a lot. Um, but I think it's going to be C.J. Stroud. And I think, you know, it's just unbelievable, especially when you live through the Cooper years. And, um, you know, there were some good quarterbacks later on in the Cooper years, starting with Bobby Hoyne and going into Joe Germain. But there were some, you know, some, uh, some rough times <laughs> before that. And now you look at Ohio State – you know, I Craig Krenzel, they won the national championship because of that defense, but still we'll throw Craig Krenzel in there. He was a national championship quarterback and was tough as nails and was clutch. You go from Krenzel basically to Troy Smith, you know, basically to, you know, Terrell Pryor with a, you know, Todd Beckman thrown in there who took him to a national championship game. Everybody thinks that he was terrible. He had his one season as a starter, first team all Big Ten, go to the national championship game. To Terrell Pryor, basically then to Braxton Miller, basically, you know, JT Barrett, Cardale Jones. Dwayne Haskins, you know, um, Justin Fields, on and on and on. I think C.J. Stroud is going to be the heir apparent. It's crazy when you look at the lineage of quarterbacks that Ohio State has produced lately, and it's just going to keep getting better and better because of Ryan Day. Um, it's unbelievable, though, the string of quarterbacks that Ohio State's had since, really since Craig Krenzel. You know, I don't know if there are textbooks anymore or history books, but if you were writing like a history chapter of this time in Ohio State's history, like you said, they may just really focus on the quarterbacks because it wasn't just Ohio State. The Big Ten hadn't produced a first round quarterback since Kerry Collins before Dwayne Haskins. And now Ohio State's going to be on a stretch where, and I've said this out loud and people laugh at me, I think they're going to have about eight straight first round quarterbacks. I know that sounds outlandish, but if you're picking from the top three every year, like Ryan Day is, I don't see why it can't be done. If you give them credit for Joe Burrow, or at least some of it, you're already got three in the tank. The only thing I will say is, and I do not think he'll win the battle, but 
when Mark Porter broke down all three quarterbacks, he said if they were the same age, he probably would like Kyle McCord the most. And then don't forget the number one quarterback, you know, not in college football, Quinn Ewers is slated to come after that. And it's not that hard to recruit when you have Quinn Ewers there to be his heir apparent. So I think we get the mode here. To touch on what Mark Porter said, who does a fantastic job. I just love that he's on our staff again. Um, Yeah, I mean, think about it. Ryan Day had his pick of the litter. It was different than the 2020 class where Ryan Day, I don't know if he had to play catch up because he got in, you know, as far as the big boys, he was in on C.J. Stroud as early as anybody. He was in on C.J. Stroud when he was a three-star, you know, and and they had been recruiting Jack Miller for a long time. But it was still a little different in the 2021 class. It felt like Ryan Day had his pick of anybody he wanted. J.J. McCarthy wanted to come here. And everybody thought, oh, well, J.J. McCarthy's ranked higher. That's who we want. You know, you know, recruiting fans look at it. We want the guy who's ranked number one. <laughs> and Ryan Day said, I want this guy. I want this Kyle McCord guy. Um, he handpicked him. So it doesn't surprise me at all that Mark Porter loves his film because I know Ryan Day, you know, absolutely loves Kyle McCord's film and everything about him. And he handpicked him. He handpicked him over J.J. McCarthy and other quarterbacks that wanted to come here. The growing narrative you're getting in college football now is about the top group of teams separating themselves from the pack. This year will be the absolute example of that. If you look, Ohio State, Justin Fields, Clemson, Trevor Lawrence, and Alabama Mac Jones all have quarterbacks that are going to get drafted, what, top 20 at least. All of them have an All-American ready to step in right away and one behind that. They're not just getting more depth and talent from the other positions. These programs are set at quarterback. And the reason Oklahoma is used as the fourth team occasionally is because of people's belief in Lincoln Riley and the fact that he gets so many good quarterbacks. I talked to Bill about this, and we're going young here. Of the freshmen that are on campus, we know Jack Sawyer is going to be asked to play early. We assume Travion Henderson. I said I thought a guy like Jordan Hancock could make plays early just because they have holes in the secondary. Is there any other true freshman you have super high hopes for, knowing it's still really hard to get on the field at Ohio State as a true frosh? Yeah, that's the thing I think uh, – I'm glad you mentioned that, that fans need to remember it is really, really hard to play a lot as a true freshman. We all talk about this guy's going to play, this guy's going to play. And it's – you know, if you get out there for a few plays, uh, meaningful snaps, that's a lot for a true freshman. For example, Jeff Okuda, number three pick of the draft, only played three years. His freshman year, he played a decent amount, um, but not a lot if you look back on his freshman year of 2017. That's by far the most a true freshman corner has played at Ohio State in a long time. Those plays that Jeff Okuda played. So it's really, really hard even for the best to play. So with that out of the way, yeah, I think you hit on the names. I think Travion Henderson is going to have a role in this offense. Is he going to come in and start as a freshman? I don't know. Um, That's one of the positions as a freshman you can come in and play right away. We saw it with J.K. Dobbins. We've seen it with many running backs over the years. Maurice Claret, of course, on and on and on. Eddie George before he had the fumbles, and then they basically benched him till his junior year after he had the fumbles as a freshman. Rod um, Smith. Yeah, I mean, you can go on and on and on. I mean, Beanie Wells, yeah, he came on. Yeah, he was good his true freshman year, but really came on toward the end, especially in that Michigan game in 06. So I think that's one of the positions that uh, true freshman can come in and play. So I expect Travion Henderson to play. Uh, you mentioned Jack Sawyer. That's another one, you know, defensive end, you know. Pin your ear back, pin your ears back and go after the quarterback. You know, you can do that at the end and get him in there for a few plays. Um, corners a lot tougher, but they need corners to step up. So I, I agree. I think Jordan Hancock has a chance. Another guy that has a really good chance that I love is Ja'Kalen Johnson. I think he's going to be a guy that you know, both him and Hancock have the chance of being elite corners. Um, probably not right away, though. They're going to have their lumps as true freshmen and probably going to be backups. But I do think those guys will play. You know, maybe Evan Pryor. 
Uh, we'll see. I, you know, he's he's a more of a more of a scat back, but uh, uh, maybe a little thicker than maybe we're giving him credit for. I want I don't want to call him a scat back. I'll take that back. Um, but uh, he's another guy that might be in the mix there. Um, I think it, probably those are the guys. I'm trying to think of anybody else. Maybe you know now that I think about it, I could see one of the D tackles. I could see Mike Hall mm-hmm. uh, or, or the big dude from Maryland. I could see one of those guys, if not both, getting some playing time. I really like Mike Hall a lot. Me too. Like I, I love him. And and they're obviously with, with Big Tom leaving. You know, they got guys coming back, but um, you know, do they have that one guy that can really get you know be a force in there? And is Mike Hall gonna be ready as a true freshman to be a force in there? Maybe not, but eventually he will be, in my opinion. He could be a guy that plays a lot as a true freshman D tackle just because they're going to have a need there somewhat of a need. I mean, they got guys coming back. They've got Haskell Garrett coming back is huge, but as far as like a guy that can actually be a, a one tech, a plugger in there, Mike Hall could be a guy that could do that as a freshman. That's going to be a lot to ask as a true freshman, but those are some guys that could, that could play right away for the Buckeyes. Thing about Hall, he has an exceptional first step for a guy his size. So I could see him being part of a maybe a rush package from the interior. But I have super high hopes for Mike Hall. Like he's my favorite defensive interior guy they've gotten in a while. Togi, I turned out to be the most consistent. But good lord, Mike Hall's tape. If you watch it, it's very uncommon for a defensive tackle to have an issue overrunning plays because he's moving so quickly. All right, let's talk about the big football games that are still going on today. Dave likes NFL football, so do I. I like to follow the Buckeyes, mm. and this is some bizarre confluence of teams where I'm not going to get to do that that much. The only guy I can think of is Corey Lindsley, and I would like to say something about the center of the Packers. If you want to look at a difference between the Trestle regime and the Urban Meyer and forward regime, Corey Lindsley just graded out as the number one center in the NFL. That means he's the best center on earth. Corey Lindsley, before the NFL draft, when he was going to get picked, had a job lined up to be a stockbroker type here in Dayton. He didn't even know if he was going to get drafted. There is no way a center that good could get through Ohio State's program that long. We would have been all over his draft stock. We talked about Josh Myers' draft stock for three years. We never discussed it with Corey Lindsley. He was going to take a job selling stocks in the Gem City, and he's the best center on planet Earth. So we will pull for Corey today. He's the only one plan that I can think of. Give me your picks for both games, and am I missing on some Buckeyes here? No, it's defying the odds. It's the craziest thing. I believe... Here's how crazy this is for the listeners out there. I believe there's are two teams in the AFC that have zero Buckeyes on them in the entire AFC. They would be the Kansas City Chiefs and the Buffalo Bills. This is defying odds that in the AFC championship game, zero Buckeyes. NFC championship game, as you mentioned, one Buckeye, Corey Lindsley. I don't think the Bucks have any. Although it kind of feels like Antoine Winfield's a Ju- Antoine Winfield Jr. is a Buckeye because his dad's still one of my favorite players of all time. Definitely my favorite DB uh, to come out of Ohio State. Um, but, yeah, it's crazy that you know, three of the four teams don't have any Buckeyes. Every team in the NFL seems like, except for those three, seems like they have at least one Buckeye, usually multiple Buckeyes. It's crazy. So, yeah, your Corey Lindsley story, I love, that's hilarious about him. <laughs> he's going to be a stockbroker in Dayton. Instead, he's drafted in the fifth round, takes over immediately as a rookie, as the starter, never gives it up. And now, as you mentioned, the number one center in football. You know, he's the first team all pro. He's the number one center in football, according to Pro Football Focus. Great guy, as you know, from a great family. Couldn't be happier for him. Good time to be the number one uh, center in, in football, Dan, because his four-year contract that he signed, his second contract, which is a good contract, that runs out after this year. He'll be an undra- unrestricted free agent. So Corey Lindsay going to be making even more cash next year. I couldn't be ha- more happy for him. 
Do you think the fact that Aaron Rodgers doesn't want to put his hands in another man's crotch for the next five years will lead him to get even more money? I imagine that's a good guy to have in your back pocket, literally. Yeah, with everything they've done to Aaron Rodgers, uh, Devontae Adams has turned into an absolute elite receiver. But it's like for years they they weren't you know drafting receivers for him. They they wouldn't go out and sign receivers. They wouldn't do this and that. This past year they, they take like cover- hyphens. They take quarterbacks in the first round. They like, yeah, they like their Valdez Scantlings. Um, but it's like they, you know, for years they weren't doing things to help Aaron Rodgers, including this past year, drafting a quarterback in the first round. Yeah, I think Aaron Rodgers will tell them, you're not allowing my center to leave. <laughs> you're, you are re-signing Corey Lindsley. They just re-signed their left tackle who actually got hurt uh, yep. to a big-time contract. Uh, he's another guy that was, you know, an all-pro. But, uh, yeah, man, they're, you know, Aaron Rodgers, I'm sure, is going to make sure that they hold on to Corey Lindsley. Uh, but Corey Lindsley is going to get paid a lot of money, and I uh, feel really good for him for, about that. But, yeah, I'm going to go chalk today, both as far as who wins and who covers. I'm going to have Packers winning and covering uh, the three-point spread, and or maybe it's three-and-a-half, and I'm going to have the Chiefs. I, and I feel better about my Chiefs pick than I do the Packers. I can see the Bucks. I mean, I think that's good. They're both going to be tremendous games, but I think – I think people are overcorrecting on the Chiefs. The Chiefs have not been impressive lately, especially last week. And I think everybody thought the Browns were, you know, really, really going to be in trouble. As it turns out, it took Chad Henney to come in and save the day for the Chiefs. Uh, nobody <laughs> saw that coming. How many people saw that and, were, and literally their first thought was, Chad Henney still plays football? Everybody. I think even the dead Schembecklers were like, oh, well, our, our guy is still playing uh, football. If you have not heard the Chad Henney is a joke song out there, Bucknutters, uh, Google it after you listen to this show. Chad Henney is a joke. Dead Schembecklers. Make sure your kids are not around. and Don't do it at work. It's not safe for work, but it is one of the funniest songs ever. Yeah, I, that was crazy. You know, and I literally uh, thought to myself, wait a minute. There's another quarterback named Henny that I've never heard of. <laughs> and he's also named Chad. And he and he went to Michigan. And he was 0-4. This is bizarre. Oh, that's, that's the same guy. I know. That was crazy. But, you know, now Mahomes is back. It's not like, you know, a concussion. It's not like if he had like a sprained ankle – but he could, he was limping. I think he does have another ailment as well that he's dealing with. But like, it's not like he's going in there eighty percent. You know, it's like he's one hundred percent. Like basically, I mean, the concussion was last week. He's fine now, as long as there's no lingering effects, which I can't imagine there are. I think the Chiefs are going to take it to him to an extent. I mean, this is a really good Bills team. You're not going to blow them out. And Josh Allen, man, keeps proving me wrong. I'm like, all right, coming into this year, I'm like, okay, I was wrong about Josh Allen, but he's not. This this is not sustainable. And he has basically an MVP season. So I keep doubting Josh Allen at my own peril. Now I think he's a really good quarterback, but I think he's in trouble today. I think the Chiefs are going to rise up and get it done, mostly because of their offense, not mostly because of their defense. So I love the Honey Badger. But I think the Chiefs are going to win and cover, and I think the Packers are going to win and cover, and we're going to have a hell of a Super Bowl. Um, I mean, think about that. That's going to be a great Super Bowl with the defending champion Chiefs. Aaron Rodgers maybe getting his last chance to play for a Super Bowl if he gets there. And we got to have a Buckeye in the Super Bowl. So we got to make sure Corey Lindsley gets there, Dan. Sometimes when you hear a statistic, it just blows you away if you really sit and think about it. And I heard one of those this weekend. It was nothing super revelatory, but Tom Brady has been to 14 championship games. So I'm not picking against Brady. We may be just living through his time. We shall see. I know we're living through Dave Biddle's time. We appreciate him stopping by. Have a good Sunday, Buckeyes.